What's up, everybody? Hope you all are having a great day, and welcome back to another episode of the Nothing But Sports Podcast, episode 22. Today, we're going to talk Mets making the deal for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, do a national championship game preview between Alabama and Ohio State, and of course, Wild Card Weekend. Unfortunately, we'll have no Giants preview this week because of the Eagles, but that's that's okay. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. So, it happened around, I think, 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. on Wednesday, where the New York Mets traded for Carlos Carrasco and Francisco Lindor. Now, there was a lot of rumors circulating around that Lindor could have been traded to the Yankees or anywhere else, really, one of the better players, one of the top players in baseball. He did not hit as well but last season, but it was a 60-game season, so you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, man, yeah, this is a big move for the Mets. Steve Cohen said he wasn't gonna, wasn't afraid to hand out the uh to make some big moves for big players and hand out the big money so i think after this you remember francisco lindor has now one year on this indians contract so at the end of the season he'll be a free agent so the mets want to are probably going to try and spend a lot of money to lock him up there but yeah this is a great move i mean i don't really know what else to say they get rid of they essentially replace him replace uh rosario with lindor now rosario was great in the infield but he hit 158 uh, last season, so he really struggled. Now you get one of the premier players in baseball in Francisco Lindor, who is also great in the field. He's got great hands and can hit very well. Now he ha- again, he has been hitting. He hasn't been hitting as well as he usually does, but he he still hits very well. So this is a great move. But another great addition was the addition of Carrasco, of Carlos Carrasco, because. I mean, that's a great move for the Mets rotation now because at number one, they have the Cy Young award-winning Jacob deGrom. Number two should be Marcus Stroman if he comes back all ready to go because if you remember before the season started, he got injured. I I don't know what, I forget off the top of my head what injury it was, but he did have an injury, so he wasn't able to pitch this season. And now you can stick Carlos Carrasco in at the three and you've got a little bit of a three-headed monster because Carrasco has the ability. Remember, for a couple years in Cleveland, he was their number one guy before Kluber, so... That's a great move for a pitching rotation. Now they've got three solid guys. And if and if they get to the wild card round, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win the division, but they get to the wild card round and they match up. you got to like your chances in a one-game series with Jacob deGrom. And then let's say you win the wild card game, you go to the divisional series. you still got Stroman and Carrasco to back you up in games one and two. Remember last year that the problem... With uh, throughout the whole year, Jacob Degrom, he's been ten and ten. The problem has been the Mets' offense, and now they've added Carrasco and Pete Alonso. Did not hit. Um, Pete Alonso had a bit of a down year this year uh, after his fifty-plus home runs, but he should be back. He should be hitting back to normal. Jeff McNeil's also still there in the lineup. Obviously, no Cano because of the suspension. But this is a great. Uh, this this is a great situation for the Mets. Now the question is, can the Mets put it all together? That's the question we've been asking for a while. There were times two years ago where they went on that hot streak and almost got, almost elevated themselves back to the wild card, but, but because they were already so far behind, they couldn't do it. So we'll we'll see. This sixty game season started out well and then kind of took a turn for the worst. With the after Joanna Cespedes left, he should be back. So again, can the Mets put it all together? Because they all we we we've all been saying it. Even as Yankee fans, they have all the talent. They they need. They have so many great pieces, so many good young pieces now. Because Lindor is still uh, late 20s now, so he hasn't, he's not on the decline just yet. So, a good move for them and good move for Steve Cohen to give you some, to give you a big star and a, in a, in a team that's been needing it. So, this great, that's great, great, uh, great move for the Mets. Now, this is really interesting for 
the rest of baseball, especially the Yankees, who I'm going to talk about now. Because remember, the situation was if you can't re-sign DJ LeMahieu, then you trade for Lindor. Now that option has got off the table, so they I don't know what's been going on because they've been saying that DJ wants to come back to the Bronx, but they have yet to make a deal, and it's been a long time. They've been at a standstill, st- standstill, money-wise. I don't know if it's the four or the five, four D. If it's a four-year or five-year deal, I don't know. But Cashman, you got to get this done quickly. You got to get it done quickly because, I mean, we yeah, you need a lock of DJ, but you got to lock him up quicker because the Yankees still have a lot of other needs to fill. Um, I mean, maybe if you could have re-signed DJ, I mean, re-signed DJ, and then we can move on to the ne- the things that we need. Because um, we still don't know what the situation is. Are you going to re-sign Tanaka? You probably haven't even thought of that as of now. Also, who's going to replace Tommy Canely in the bullpen? If you don't re- re-sign Tanaka, who are you going to get? Because Jay Happ is gone as well. So, also, are you planning on putting Domingo Herman in the bullpen? I mean, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered this offseason. So, lock up DJ. Just you got to gotta lock him. you got to realize that DJ LeMahieu is probably the most consistent and best player on the Yankees. Better than Stanton, better than Judge, better than Glaber. I mean, he's, he's probably the best right there. And you know your division should be a walkthrough now with without Snell and uh, Morton in... Um, in Tampa, I mean, oh my God, I didn't even touch on Snell going to the Padres. They're completely loaded now. Maybe the Dodgers won't be an easy win. That won't be an easy division for the Dodgers. But yeah, you, please, please lock them up quickly because we got some other moves. And the worst case scenario is the Dodgers have swooped in and become a, a legit threat to sign him. Not just like a, a rumor, a legit threat to sign him. And Dodgers have been snooping players left and right. They already got Canely. Don't let them get DJ because if you get DJ, the chances of the Yankees winning the World Series over it ain't happening because dj's right now the heart and soul of that lineup when everyone was in and out of the injury list he got injured but when everyone else wasn't hitting well he was the only one that was getting on base you gotta re you he's the number one priority but get it done quickly so we can move on and get other issues sorted because the yankees have a lot of questions they need to answer and if they don't answer them their world series their world series contending years can go straight down the drain if they don't want we'll see if Trevor Bowers and pinstripes, but who knows with how long they're taking for this deal. Trevor Bauer might go somewhere else. Luckily, the advantage with the Tanaka deal is he's either re-signing or going back to Japan, so you can wait as long as you can with that one, but hurry it up, man. Hurry it up. Hurry it up. I'm snapping my fingers. Quick, quickly. Let's let's get let's get DJ back in a pinstripe uniform, then we can move on to everything else. So that's my little tangent about that. Now let's move on into the second topic, the national championship game preview. So um, Alabama obviously clapped, uh, destroyed Notre Dame, which is, um, to be expected. Notre Dame has a classic reputation for doing, for, um, for underperforming in the college football playoff. And the second one was a little bit more, was very surprising is, uh, Ohio State smacked Clemson, uh, 49 to 28. Dabo Sweeney finally got the karma of um, talking smack and it didn't work. And Justin Fields put an absolute masterclass of a performance. He's probably not going to go number one. Trevor Lawrence will probably still go one, but man, that was a masterclass performance. So now we have Roll Tide Alabama versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Maybe the uh, worst, the two least, most hated teams in in college football right now, the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Question is, who will win this game? It's Alabama. Alabama's the eight-point favorites. 
Roll Tide. I don't think it'll be a complete rollover. It's not going to be a 20-28 point destruction, but no one can stop the Alabama offense. That's just a given fact. Everywhere you turn, you've got you've got weapons. Mac Jones, Heisman finalist. Najee Harris, Mac Heisman finalist. Devontae Smith, Devontae, Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. I mean, those three catapulting your offense opens things up. Jared Waddle, great wide, great underrated wide receiver for um for Alabama. And it's not like Ohio State doesn't have weapons, but they're lacking a lot of weapons due to COVID. The defense is not up to par. I was surprised they were able to keep Clemson in check for a little bit. Um, because it looked like at the start Clemson was gonna run away with it. But yeah, Alabama does have a poor defense. So it's gonna be a shootout, but in a shootout, I'm taking Alabama. <laughs> um I think Alabama's gonna maybe get one turnover on Fields because remember Fields did struggle against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. He struggled against Indiana. Those are really good scrappy defenses. And so if it's a shootout, you know you're going to take Alabama just because of those three weapons. Uh, even if Fields does have a master class day. I feel I think Fields is a better quarterback than Mac Jones, but it just feel Mac Jones just has way more weapons around him. And it's so my final score will probably be like 49-31 or something like that. I'd be very surprised if this game is not a shootout. If both if somehow um Maybe Ohio State can replicate that defensive performance they had against Clemson, which was pretty good, but, like, it's still, it's, yeah, this, it, this, everyone should be expecting Alabama to win, and if they do win, it shouldn't be a surprise, and again, should be in a shootout. So, final prediction for that one, 49-31, Alabama beats Ohio State, and Ohio State, who's six and Alabama, gets another national championship. Now, uh, time for the bulk of the episode. It's Wild Card Weekend, uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. For the first time ever, we've got three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Uh, the Giants will not be taking part in it. I'm not going to get into it, um, but the Giants are not going to be taking part in the postseason. So we're going to start it off with the Wild Card games for Saturday. So the reason now that there's three games, for those who don't remember, is because of the new playoff, the new playoff format. Before it was six teams in the playoff. Um, and the top two seeds got the first round by. Now they've added an extra seventh spot, which means only the one seed has got the buy. So the Green Bay Packers and the NFC have got the buy. In the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs have got the buy. Those are the only two teams who are not playing this week, which should make things so much more interesting, and I love it. We're gonna start out with the first game of Wildcard Weekend. Saturday, one o'clock is the number seven Indianapolis Colts at the number two Buffalo Bills. I mean, and you can't really get caught up in the seeding here because the Colts are 11-5 and five and the Bills are 13-3. and three. So realistically, it's not a two versus... It's not... The Colts are not... Should not be a seven seed. Realistically, it's just how competitive the AFC is. But who am I rolling with here? I'm rolling with... I'm rolling with Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo has been playing incredible, man. And that Titans defense that I have been talking so... that Not Titans. The Colts defense I've been talking about so much has been so vulnerable as of late. They've been giving up so many points. And yeah, I think Buffalo should win this game. Uh, the one thing Buffalo has to do to win, um, they got to put pressure on Phillip Rivers. If you know, if you can put f- pressure on Phillip Rivers, he'll f- make mistakes, he'll throw interceptions, and that's what Buffalo's going to need. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen should be fine. Um, Buffalo, they're going to have, remember, it's going to be outside. Um, Colts usually play at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is indoors. So we're going to see how the weather impacts the game because now you're going to have to go to Buffalo with Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia fans are going to be there, so that's going to make the environment more and more rowdy, and that only just fa- that only favors the Buffalo Bills. That only puts this in their favor. So Buffalo wins this game 
And yeah, Buffalo's looking good, man. I think they're the best. I think they're the best chance that they're the best. Oh, why can't I speak English? They have the best chance to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. So Buffalo wins this one. I wouldn't say easily. I don't think any of these games are going to be super easy, but relatively comfortably. Next game, uh, divisional rivalry. Everyone loves a good divisional rivalry, rivalry, and especially now in the playoffs. We've got the number three Seattle Seahawks, number six Los Angeles Rams. Um, again, can't get caught, caught up in the seating, really. Um, two teams split the meetings in the regular season. Seahawks won the most recent one, which gave them the division. So that was um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, huge question mark. Is Jared Goff playing? As of now, his status is still up in the air. Maybe I should have recorded this a little later, but I'm recording this. It's currently 5.30 on Friday, and Jared Goff's status is still unknown with that thumb injury, and even if he does play, I'm taking Seattle. Um, Rams are just too... Um, Jared Goff is just too inconsistent, even when he does play, and, and if John, uh, John Wolf, Wolf, play, Wolf replays, then it's, it's over. Seattle's... Seattle's winning this game. Um, Seattle's not the same team. Not the same team they were at the start of the season, where they were all offense and no defense. That Cardinals game on Thursday night has flipped the script. Jamal Adams has been able to stay in the lineup, nice and healthy. Car- um, trading for Carlos Dunlap was a great move because they've been able to put pressure on the quarterback before. They were putting up historically bad numbers, uh, especially considering they were the Seahawks and they had been known for the Legion of Boom. And their defense is playing a lot better, and I think it's going to hold up against the Rams. Question is now, can Seattle's offensive line hold up against Aaron Donald and the um, Los Angeles Rams? Because the Rams got a very sneakily rated, uh, underrated defense, but I think they'll hold up. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to do his thing. And again, this is a different Russell Wilson. Beginning of the season, he looked like an MVP candidate, can, uh, candidate but then if that second half of the season when he started throwing those interceptions, that's because the defense was not doing anything to help his cause. Offensive line wasn't great. So he was going like kind of full YOLO mode, and it just really didn't work. It didn't work at all, and that's why he was throwing so many interceptions. But now it's a Russell Wilson who's not having to do as much. Chris Carson is back in the lo- Chris Carson has been back in the lineup. He's been playing well. Carlos Hyde, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It's a it's a stacked offense. Both offenses are stacked, but I'm gonna go with the Seahawks to win this game. It's also in Seattle. Uh, Rams probably if so if it, if there's any sort of rain or you know, maybe even if there's any sort of like cold rain, then don't favor the Rams at all. Uh, Sean McVay's offense is probably, pro- I think, I just think golf is, even if golf plays, I think golf is going to have a horrid game. And I think Seattle's going to win it, uh, not comfortably again, but I think they're going to do enough to win. Seattle, you know, likes to play these close, close games that uh, shouldn't be close, but Seattle's going to get it done. With uh, Seattle's going to get it done at home, and they're going to move on. Final game of Wild Card Weekend for um, if not final final game of Saturday night. It's the number four, uh, not number four seeded Washington football team versus the number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Washington is seven and nine. Remember, Tampa Bay is eleven and five. Washington, by beating Philly, was able to win the division. So let's see, can Washington pull off an upset? Uh, no, nope. Their offense is just not good enough. Uh, Terry McLaurin, their best, maybe their best and only good receiver, uh, and maybe their their best weapon on offense is not gonna is questionable. So if he doesn't play, then it's lights out. It's game over. There's no chance that they're gonna win this football game. But if he does play, 
Uh, everyone has been saying this game is going to be a blowout and how Tom Brady's going to put 45 points on Washington. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And here's why. Not to be, not, it's, I'm not expecting Washington to win, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. And here's why. Look at the teams that have beaten Tom Brady this year. I'm going to throw it back to the Saints game on Sunday night when they when the, the Saints absolutely trampled them 38-3. to What were the Saints able to do? Just tell me. What were they able to do? What were the Giants able to do in the Super Bowl? What do teams that beat, have beaten Tom Brady in the past been able to do? 3-2-1. Pressure. It's all based on the line. And that Washington defensive line has the, cha- has the capability to throw him off his game. That defensive line is absolutely stacked. Filled with first-rounders. Chase Young, uh, John Bostick, Allen in the middle. It's it's a stacked defensive line. Cornerbacks, cornerbacks is a bit of a dicey issue, so we'll see if that holds up. But if the defensive line plays well enough, then the cornerback issue could, could maybe even be completely erased. They have the potential to match up against this um, this pay, this I almost said Patriots, this Buccaneers team. I feel like if, out of all the NFC East teams, I think Brady, I, that they didn't want to face, I think this was the one because of their pass rush. Tom Brady knows that he's going to have to get the ball out quickly. But remember also, Tom Brady's been throwing a lot of interceptions this year. I think he's at 12 or 13. So maybe if you, get, if you can get the ball, if you can get pressure on him, I mean, if you bring pressure on him and you force a quick throw, there could be a miscommunication. Also, Mike Evans' status is up in the air. That is big because we can. Mike Evans has been his safety blanket this season. It hasn't been Gronk. It hasn't been Antonio Brown. It's been Mike Evans. He has been the safety blanket all season. Although I do expect Antonio Brown to flourish in this in this game. But yeah, uh, Washington has a re- has a chance here. It's not like they have no chance at all. I mean, if Terry McLaurin plays the, the now, the, the question is, will Washington's offense? do enough. Now, Tampa Bay's defense, they're okay, okay? They're not horrible, and they're not great. They're okay. Um, Probably average, maybe a little under average, or maybe even a little above average, but they're average at best. But Washington's defense has to be better. I know, so Alex Smith is obviously going to be playing, and how, again, how do you beat Alex Smith? Put pressure on him, make him move off, I mean, it's tough to say, but make him move off that leg, and that, you know, he's had the, he had the calf injury, so he was, that mobility was, um, Mobility was limited in that game against the Eagles, and it's probably going to be limited again. So make Alex Smith get, uh, make Alex Smith, uh, make him hold the football. Make Alex Smith hold the football, and um, make him try and extend plays. And that is going to be your best chance at winning the game because Alex Smith is going to be getting the ball out quickly. That's why they run so many checkdowns um, because he just runs the ball. I mean, he just throws the ball so quickly. And the Buccaneers have struggled to defend the uh, the deep pass. We saw that against Kansas City. So. I don't know if, how well Alex Smith is going to be able to throw the deep ball off that leg. So, in the end, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, it's going to be a scrappy game. It's going to be one of those games where Tampa Bay's probably not going to pull, pull. I think, pull away late. Or, you know, maybe at some point because the offense of Washington will be too sporadic. But I expect the defense of Washington to get maybe one or two turnovers. And Chase Young saying, I want Tom, I want Tom, is not a, it's a good thing. You know, it shows that he's ready. He's ready for this matchup. He said he most likely want he most you know the player he wanted to sack the most was Tom Brady, and now he's got his chance. So let's see what let's see what they're made of. Let's see what Washington is made of. And I know I'm a Giants fan, but I'm kind of like I wouldn't mind Washington winning this game just because of all the crap that's been talked about the NFC East. Also, I buy the Ron Rivera, Alex Smith comeback story. Also, another good thing for Washington, Ron Rivera. 
He's had he's had um playoff experience coaching. Has Bruce Arians? I don't think Bruce Arians has actually had any experience or very oh no, he has. He had a couple um years in Arizona where they went 14-2 and got to the NFC Championship game. But Ron Rivera, I think, actually has more coaching experience in the playoffs than Bruce Arians and Jack Del uh so that that again is also a huge plus for um for them. He's gonna know what it's like. He's gonna have them hopefully ready to play discipline uh buccaneers win it though but it's not a blowout it's not a game in which it's 45 20 again I, I don't expect any of these games to be a super blowout necessarily so those are the um those are the games on saturday let's now move to the sunday games sunday one o'clock uh titans ravens oh boy am i excited for this one this one is going to be a great a great game Rematch of a meeting earlier this season in which the Titans won in overtime and rematch of last year's AFC divisional round in which the Titans pulled off a shocking upset. Titans were the sixth seed then and the Ravens were the one seed. Yep, Ravens went 14-2 last year. Lamar Jackson won the MVP and the Titans beat them at home at M&T Bank Stadium 28-12. It's a pretty shocking upset. Derrick Henry was mainly the reason for it. Uh, And here comes Henry again, except he's playing even better Rushed for 2,000 yards this season. I don't know how... I don't think people know how difficult that is to rush for 2,000 yards this season. That's the... He's the only the eighth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards. He joins guys like Barry Sanders, um, Emmitt Smith, OJ Simpson, um, Eric Dickerson, guys who have... Adrian Peterson, you know, legends of the game. And he... And he was actually, I think, probably a good, you know, maybe 50, 60 yards off breaking the all-time record. So, yeah, um, this is going to be, so Ravens, it's going to be, it ain't, Ravens got to be ready to tackle him. Uh, Henry also got loose in the game that the uh, that the Titans won in Baltimore. For some reason, the Titans struggled to play more at, no, sorry, for some reason, the Ravens struggled to play more at home. I don't know what it is, but this is going to be Lamar Jackson's first road playoff game. Now, everyone's been talking about how Lamar, this game is, you know, super important for Lamar Jackson. I think it is, but for different reasons. So, a lot of people are saying this is extremely important for Lamar Jackson because he's lost two playoff games, both at home, and he can't win the big games. Let me just tell you that that's not true. I mean, it's proven Lamar Jackson can win the big games. You go back to this season where they went 14-2 last year, okay? He beat the undefeated Patriots on Sunday Night Football at home, okay? I mean, that's pretty big. He went to Seattle and beat a Seattle team that I'm pretty sure at that point was like 4-2 and two or 5-1, and one, okay? That's a pretty big win if you if you ask me. Um, he beat the he beat the 10-1 San Francisco 49ers. They were also 10-1, but that could have been a potential Super Bowl preview. He he beat them 20-17. I mean, that's a, again, that's a pretty big game if you ask me. Even, even this year on Monday Night Football, uh, Beat, beat the Browns in that epic shootout in which he played incredible in. That's four games I can already name off the top of my head. Four big games that he has won. The only reason people say he can't win the big games is because he has not beaten Patrick Mahomes yet. And that's what's really killing him. Now, why do I think, if I think Lamar Jackson has won the big games, why do I think this playoff game is super important for him? They brought up this, but for long-term money, for long-term financial and contract, remember... Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, both this year, both uh, it was the both this offseason after their third year in the league, got the major contract extensions. 
So Lamar's going to want to come to the table 1-2 and two and maybe making a deep playoff run, then 0-3, and, and so he can get that long-term contract, a big contract, because they're going to give him a pretty big contract because he's pretty valuable to them. So th- this, is, this playoff run is actually very important for Lamar financially-wise and contract-wise to see how much the Ravens are willing to commit to him and give him long-term. That's why I think it's important. Now, um, who am I taking in this game? So we've already talked about um, both sides. Tennessee, like we said, Ryan Tannehill, I mean Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's been playing really well. Let's, let's get this out there. That throw he made against um, uh, the, uh, the Houston Texans in Week 17, that was great. Tannehill's playing well. I mean, his numbers are off the charts with how good he is. Completion percentage, he's also been showing a little ability to run the football, which is, which is what the Ravens have to watch out for. They have to watch out for Tannehill because you hand the ball to Derrick, you know, you fake to Henry, everyone's coming in. And committing on Henry. They see it's a run play. All right, let's all charge at Henry. All of a sudden, Tannehill's able to slip out, shows a little bit, somewhat of his speed in op- the open field, and he gets a touchdown. Um, But, I mean, the Ravens need, the Ravens should win this game, and here's why. I mean, the Titans, they can't, they can't do anything on the, def- as far as, they are the second worst defense when it comes to efficiency. I mean, they're 31st out of the 32 teams. I mean, they, they, like, do I really need to say anything else? I mean, 31st out of 32 teams, they can't rush the quarterback, and they can't stop a run. We've seen it time and time again. That, that game against the Cleveland Browns is a perfect example. There was absolutely zero pressure put on Baker Mayfield that day, and Baker Mayfield picked them apart. The game against Green Bay, perfect example um, on Sunday Night Football. They couldn't rush. They couldn't rush Rodgers. They gave Rodgers four or five seconds back in the pocket, and he picked you apart. And we've seen it time and time again. I bring up the Giants game. I'll give you the Giants uh, Ravens game. Giants gave Lamar Jackson four or five, six seconds in the pocket. That's more than enough time for any quarterback to step up and throw the football well. Jadavion Clowney gave him big money. I don't know where he is. I mean, Logan Ryan now leaving the Titans looks. Looks pretty bad on them. Malcolm Butler has not been playing great. The secondary in general, the defense is just not great for the Titans. So that being said, they can't rush the quarterback and they can't stop the run. Those are the two things you need to do to beat the Baltimore Ravens. That's how they beat them last time. They got turnovers. They put Lamar under duress and they made the Ravens play from behind. That's the main thing. They made them play from behind. But if you can't stop the run and you can't put pressure on Lamar, you can't the Ra- you can't force the Ravens to play from behind. You need to get out on the Ravens quick. The Ravens can't get up on you 17-0. It's very rare that they'll come back and win. Granted, the Titans did it before earlier in the regular season when they came back and beat the um the Ravens in overtime, but you just can't get down quickly to this Ravens team because usually you're not going to come back, especially in the playoffs with all that's going on, you're probably not going to be able to come back. If you get down 17-0, because that also means if you get down 17-20-0, it starts ticking third, fourth. All of a sudden, you can't feed Henry as much as you want to. And so, yeah, I, I mean, the Ravens rushed for 400 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. Granted, against the Bengals, but that's still 400 yards on the NFL team. They rushed for over nearly 300 against Dallas. They rushed for 280 against the Giants. They just pound the football down your throat, and they're... Like you and the tight and the Titans cannot stop the run, so it's going to be a long day for that defense because they're just going to be like, I mean, ex- I don't, I mean, it won't be crazy to think that Lamar Jackson maybe only throws the ball maybe like eleven or twelve times because of how much they run it because they're going to be like, okay, we're going to run the football until you stop us. If you can't stop us, we are not throwing the football. You, you need to stop us running the football first. 
for us to throw it. And that's just not going to happen. The Titans are not going to be able to stop the run. And for that reason, the Ravens are going to win this game. Um, again, I, I don't know about how whether it be close or relatively comfortably, but the Ravens are going to win this game. And Lamar Jackson going to get his first playoff win, and that would set up a second-round matchup with Patrick Mahomes, which would be great. Uh, the second game on Sunday, Bears versus Saints. Bears are arguably the worst team in— oh, not the worst team, besides Washington. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. Coming in, New Orleans is 12-4. and four. Um— I mean, after, I mean, I was a little encouraged with what I saw from the Bears against the Packers. Um, I was a little encouraged which, with what they did with Mitch Trubisky in that offense, but you got to throw the, I mean, I was encouraged with how they were able to move the football, and I was encouraged with their defense. Akeem Hicks is really a game changer. Um, again, defensive line, Khalil Mack, uh, Khalil Mack and um, Akeem Hicks are going to have to play out of your minds to get Drew Brees out of it. Because Drew Brees, um, I hate to say, but he he can't, he almost can't really throw the ball more than 25 yards down the field. And I think the Saints know that, but they're going to work their way down the field uh, methodically and comfortably. Again, it's going to be a scrappy game. I think the, the Saints are going to win. Saints, I'm picking the Saints, obviously. But um, yeah, man, that Saints defense is still pretty good. I know they have had a couple off weeks, there, so they're still pretty good. I think they're definitely better than the Packers defense. So Mitch, uh, Matt Nagy. You're going to have to take a couple shots deep with Mitch Trubisky. You can't wait until the third quarter to do it. You just can't. Um, I mean, going on these long 15, 16 play drives where you're, 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 you're having to convert fourth down three times, you're eventually going to get stopped. Uh, you got to, um, you, yeah. So I'd say the main thing for the Bears is put pressure on Breeze and take some shots down the field. Trust, trust, um, trust Trubisky also. Get Trubisky moving. We saw what, uh, I know he's nothing compared to as far as Hurts' athleticism, but Jalen Hurts was able to do a lot of damage to the Saints as far as going on the ground and running. And that can open up things for David Montgomery because that opened up things for Miles Sanders. And all of a sudden, they were both able to rush for 100 yards on a Saints defense that usually doesn't give up 100-yard rushers. Trubisky can run the football. He's an athlete. He's a big athlete. You can't expect him to, he's just not good enough for you to say, okay, Mitch Trubisky, drop back in the pocket five, six steps and launch the football. Get him on the run. Get him in the bootleg situation similar to what they do with Baker and maybe let him take off and you'll find some success. But either way, Saints are going to win this game. Uh, Bears, uh, I, I don't know if Matt Nagy keeps his job after this. If he wins the playoff game, I think he definitely keeps his job. But um, <clears throat> but uh, I don't know if he, if they lose because they went 8-8 eight and eight this season. And the last game, and the last bit of the episode, and everyone can't wait for it, Sunday night, Steelers versus Ravens, I was hoping we'd get a, uh, not Steelers, Steelers versus Browns, I was hoping we'd get a Steelers versus Ravens, but this one is pretty good, um, <clears throat> uh, Steelers, I'm taking the Steelers, yeah, um, I think I've gone relatively safe with all my picks, as of so far, I haven't really picked an upset, but yeah, Steelers versus Ravens. No, wait, no, Steelers versus Browns. Sorry, I keep saying Steelers versus Ravens because I want it to happen. But Steelers versus Browns, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, credit to the Browns. All credit to Steven, Kevin Stefanski. And because Brian Flores didn't make the playoffs, I think Stefanski's going to win Coach of the Year. And he should. I think he should now because they made the playoffs. First time in what, since 2002? Longest playoff drought? So that that's crazy to think about. But, um, yeah, they're, the Steelers just have the Browns number. Juju Smith-Schuster said it, you know, they're just the same old Browns because they haven't been able to beat the Steelers. I mean, they they lost to him. They beat him in Week 17, but only by two when that was when they had Mason Rudolph. Um, the Steelers really showed 
showed up and played well in the second half against the Colts. They really got back to that old Pittsburgh Steelers mantra. Big Ben was finally able to find some success throwing down the field. Chase Claypool was making the splash plays. The defense was back on it. Um, Yeah, Baker has had a horrid time against that Pittsburgh secondary. Minka Fitzpatrick's picked him off a couple times. I know the D- I know Blitzburg is not what it used to be as for as far as injuries because of no Bud Dupree, um, no Devin Bush, but they still got Watt. They still got they still got T.J. Watt. I know Derek Watt's not there. They still got T.J. Watt, and boy is he deadly. And boy can they still rush the passer. Um, Joe Hayden's probably gonna play, so expect Minka Fitzpatrick as well to come in on a bunch of cor- on a couple blitzes. Because what's the again? What's the mantra? You put Baker Mayfield under pressure, and he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a he's a good quarterback. He's average. He's average. But um, when he gets hot, it's because of bootlegs and um, you can't and um, not and rollouts and not putting pressure on. But when you put pressure on him, his QBR dips drastically, and that's exactly what the Steelers have done to him in the past. <clears throat> and I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to do it again. Um, as far as the Steelers' offense goes, uh, I think they'll be fine. Um, the last couple weeks, they've really picked it up. Deontay Johnson has not been dropping balls. Washington's been catching him. Juju Smith-Schuster did well against the uh, Colts to get out there late in the game. Chase Claypool has done his part as well. Um, it's good. The, it's it's a re it's a turnaround in um, Pittsburgh, and I think that's why they're going to win this game. They're going to beat the Browns. It'll be close because it's a divisional rivalry. It's, I think it's probably going to come down to the end. Maybe I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might have to make a stop on defense to win it, but I trust them too. I trust them too. Their defense is still one of the best in the league uh, when it comes to rushing the football. Uh, their secondary is great. Joe Hayden, Joe Hayden is going to play, so that's going to help them because remember the time the Steelers started to dip, Joe Hayden was in and out of the lineup. That's when all the injuries hit them, and then they started dropping passes left and right, and Big Ben did not play well against Cincinnati because he had some hyperextension in his leg or something, so... It's 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 looking good for Pittsburgh. I'm gonna pitch Pittsburgh to win this game, but again, it's gonna be close. The Browns are gonna find some way to stay in it. Uh, Browns. I don't know why Stefanski hasn't been doing this the last two weeks, but feed Nick Chubb, feed Nick Chubb. Your your game is based off Chubb on the ground uh, because Baker Mayfield comes back from all those play actions. So you got to get Chubb going. Get Chubb going. Uh, Steelers. Steelers are probably not gonna rush the football well, but I still think they'll be all right. But yeah, Browns. If you want to win this game, you got to run the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as well. Get Kareem Hunt involved too and get Baker Mayfield on the run. But yeah, Browns, again, like I'm saying, their whole their whole offense runs through Nick Chubb and the run game. So that's what they got to do in order to win this game. Um, But finally, I'm taking the Steelers. So that's all. Once again, I'm going to say my picks. I've got the Bills beating the Colts, Seahawks beating the Rams, Tampa Bay, be- uh, Tampa Bay beating Washington, uh, Ravens beating the Titans, Saints beating the Bears, and Steelers beating the Browns. So, that is all for this episode of the Nothing But Sports Podcast. We'll be back. I'll be back next week recapping the wildcard games, giving my predictions for the divisional round, and any other sports news that's around at the time. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see. I'll see you next week.